The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking. When we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey, everyone. Technically, you're getting two days in history today because we're running two episodes from the History Vault. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back to This Day in History class where we reveal a new piece of history every day. The day was May 24th, 1956. The first ever Eurovision Song Contest took place in Lugano, Switzerland. The contest was a talent competition, but it was also a bid to bring together the countries in the European Broadcasting Union, an alliance of public service media, through technology. In the wake of World War II, Europe had a lot of rebuilding to do. In February of 1950, the European Broadcasting Union, or EBU, was created, but it was difficult to organize international TV program exchanges. TV networks used different picture standards, and there were legal and financial concerns. But plans for an international newscast and television program exchange were brewing. In 1952, the first official program exchange both ways between London and Paris was made successfully. English journalist George Campy coined the term Eurovision. In a 1951 article, Campy said the following. Eurovision is a system of cooperation for the exchange of television programs between the countries of Western Europe, including Britain. And in 1954, 
EBU members organized a summer of European television exchanges known as the Lille Experiment, where links were established between eight countries via terrestrial transmitters. The television network Eurovision was born. After the television exchange proved successful, it was decided that there should be an annual event to promote television. So, in January of 1955, the EBU program committee meeting in Monte Carlo approved a European song contest and a Eurovision Cup for amateur variety artists called the Top Town Program. The latter idea did not gain any traction, but the song contest had support. On October 19, 1955, an EBU General Assembly meeting in the Corsini Palace in Rome approved the creation of a Grand Prix of European song. The contest, inspired by the Italian Sanremo Music Festival, would be held in Lugano in spring of 1956. The director of the EBU administrative office created the rules for the contest, and the planning subgroup introduced amendments. The performance could not be any longer than three and a half minutes, and the backing orchestra would be made up of 24 musicians. Rehearsals for the contest began on May 21, 1956, at the Teatro Corsal. Flowers were placed throughout the theater to add a little more interest to the visuals of the broadcast. In the beginning, the contest was known as the Eurovision Grand Prix. The first Eurovision Grand Prix was broadcast live on May 24, 1956, to 10 countries. The contestants were singers from seven different countries, the Netherlands, Switzerland, Belgium, Germany, France, Luxembourg, and Italy. Austria, Denmark, and the United Kingdom were participants initially, but they were disqualified from entering the contest when they registered after the deadline. Each of the contestants performed two songs. A jury made of two delegates from each competing country awarded each song between one and 10 points. Swiss singer Lise Asia won the first Eurovision Song Contest with a song called Refrain. She did not get a physical award, as medals weren't introduced in the contest until later. During her encore, Lise Asia forgot some of the words to her song and improvised. The next year, the Eurovision Grand Prix was hosted in West Germany, and the rules were changed to one song per participant. Over the next several decades, the contest was staged in different countries, the voting system changed, and more rules changed for contestants. Notable winners of the Eurovision Song Contest include ABBA and Celine Dion. In 2018, winner of the inaugural Eurovision Song Contest, Lise Asia, died at age 94. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Keep up with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. We'll see you here in the same place tomorrow. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening.
With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey y'all, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a podcast for people who can never know enough about history. The day was May 24th, 1940. Mexican artist David Alfaro Siqueiros and Stalinist agent Iosef Grigulovich, along with a crew of hitmen, attempted to assassinate Leon Trotsky. Trotsky was a Soviet revolutionary and Marxist theorist who was a leading figure in the Bolshevik movement under Vladimir Lenin. After Lenin died in 1924 and Yosef Stalin rose to power in the Communist Party and Soviet Union, Trotsky emerged as one of Stalin's main critics and opponents. Trotsky was against the increasingly bureaucratic Soviet state and called for more democracy in the Communist Party. He thought that the Stalinist policy of socialism in one country would hinder efforts for world revolution. In 1925, Trotsky was removed from his post in the War Commissariat. The next year, he was dropped from the Politburo. And in 1927, he and his supporters were expelled from the Communist Party. In January of 1928, Trotsky was exiled to Alma-Ata in Soviet Central Asia. He lived there for a year before he, his wife, and their son were expelled from the Soviet Union and sent to Turkey. But he continued to write and criticize Stalin, as well as people who had opposed Stalin but had settled for the regime. Trotsky settled on the Turkish island of Prinkipo, where he stayed for four years. He completed his autobiography and his three-volume History of the Russian Revolution. Some of his supporters volunteered to serve as his bodyguards. But in 1933, Trotsky and his family were offered asylum in France. Soon enough, he was no longer welcome in France either, and he moved to Norway, then Mexico, where he had been granted asylum. The Trotskys settled in the Coyoacan area of Mexico City at the Blue House, the home of painters Diego Rivera and Frida Kahlo. And he continued to write, 
completing the revolution betrayed in 1936. But in a series of trials in the late 1930s, many so-called old Bolsheviks were found guilty of treason and imprisoned or executed. Many of the defendants confessed to having plotted with Trotsky to kill Stalin and other Soviet leaders. Trotsky was found guilty of treason in absentia and sentenced to death. On May 24, 1940, Stalinist agent Iosef Grigulovich, Mexican painter David Alfaro Siqueiros, and others armed with machine guns attempted to kill Trotsky. The assassins hit his house with more than 200 bullets, but Trotsky and his wife survived. But another assassination plot was already in the works. A Trotskyite named Sylvia Agalov met a man named Jacques Mornard, who was supposedly the son of a Belgian diplomat. But his real name was Ramon Mercader, and he was a Spanish communist whose mother was a Stalinist. She tasked her son with killing Trotsky. When Sylvia moved to Mexico City to work for the Trotskys, Ramon went with her. On August 20th, 1940, Ramon visited Trotsky and murdered him with an ice axe. Trotsky died the next day in the hospital. Mercader was tried and convicted of the murder and spent 20 years in prison. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. You can also hit us up on social media. We're at T-D-I-H-C podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, 
eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.